Okay, what's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Today, we have a very special guest on the show. We have the creator and face of Irish Football Fan TV, Mr. Paul Neal on the show. Paul, the Premier League is back. How excited are you for it? Well, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. We're months waiting to get back with the likes of the Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A back now. It's great to finally actually have our own teams that we support back now, uh, albeit, and I know we'll get to it, uh, we play Liverpool for the first game. But it's great just to see um, you know, players that we're more familiar with back as well. And obviously Irish players within that bracket will be back as well. So, yeah, really looking forward to it and can't really wait now to get on the way. Yeah, yeah, obviously, like I'm, I can't wait for the comeback. Like I don't think it should have came back, but it's coming back, so I can't say anything about it. But uh, obviously, for people that aren't aware of your work, Paul is the face of Irish Football Fan TV, and he's doing an amazing job over there, having some amazing interviews. And we'll make sure to tag the interview we had with Paul beforehand. Uh, we did a few weeks ago as well. So some people really enjoyed it, so you can check that out at the end. But uh, Paul, like you, you did bring up some Irish players going back. The Euros is not going down. Do you think this is actually a good, a good thing for Ireland? Yeah, I do think because obviously Stephen Kenny's going to come in and I was manager and Mick's gone. So before coronavirus happened, Mick was destined to be the manager. We were going to be going into the Euros and it would have, happened, it would have been happening now, like today, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's a good thing because it gives Stephen Kenny more time to look at players as well. And if it is a case of promotions for this season, you know, he could have some players coming up uh, next season to the Premier League with other clubs as well. And it gives them a chance to look at more players and it gives other players more kind of time to get, get up to standard if they need to or whatever. Like you could have some players there that might not have felt like they were that far away from the playoff squad. But now with that extra bit of experience between now and, I don't know, September or wherever it is our next game will be for, for the national team, is that they could have the experience by then. You know, Malumbi and these likes as well. He'll probably be back uh, at Brighton. Um whether they're in the Premier League now is, is another thing which I'm sure we'll come on to. But um, yeah, I think it, I think it is a, it's a blessing in disguise in some ways. But I, I was a bit like yourself. I I kind of would have rather seen you know Liverpool just given the title and start fresh next season because you know usually by now the, the league is done, transfers and everything else. It's just kind of a, a big backlog now and a big mess, yeah. you know. But yeah, well, I think in, in ways for our team, as a selfish kind of point of view, I think it is a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I agree. Ross, what about yourself? Yeah, well, I'm just glad it's back for my own entertainment point of view. Obviously, uh, being a Man United fan, Man United were very hot coming into uh, this long break. Well, I was looking forward to seeing them play. I suppose with the break and play now, you know, United have got some of their key figures back, like Rashford and Pogba. Uh, I think a lot of squads will be back to full complement but whether they say back to full complement for a long time uh, seems quite unlikely as you've seen in the German League uh, there's a far higher injury rate at the moment with uh, the game so it will be interesting to see who stays fitter the longer but look football's back it's such an outlet for everyone to have a look at and I'm delighted it's back and I'm not going to harp on on why maybe I thought it shouldn't have come back because it is back yeah. so let's enjoy it yeah so, yeah, obviously, like it's back. The thing is, like as we've seen in other leagues, there's been no fans in the games. Mm. Um, how do you think it's going to affect the league, lads? Uh, Paul, may as well start with you. How do you think it's going to affect the league? Um, well, I don't know. Like, I think I, I heard some people saying that my favourite Man City a bit more because they're the same. It's not, <laughs> not that uh, full most of the time, even when they're winning stuff. But like the likes of Liverpool, I think it might affect them. Like, I know they're, they're home enjoy at this rate, aren't they? But like, I think for their performance, a lot of it, you know, their crowd really intimidates other teams when they go there. And to not have that, I think, is a big disadvantage for them. Now, they're kind of lucky in a sense that they're coming to the end of the season and it would take something horrendous for them to throw it away but uh, I think in that regard but like looking around other teams I think teams that are in the relegation battles I think they'll probably uh, be better for it than I suppose teams going on maybe for top four or whatever I think I think Owen Hargreaves said it the other day on the Bundesliga shows like you know when when you're going into the last 10 minutes and you're you're pushing on in the game and the crowd usually give you that lift the crowd aren't there so it's up to the players then to kind of show and, and, and give themselves that lift, you know. So I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of having no fans at games. It's probably similar to I know you just cover fighting in the UFC. I I I like 
the energy of a crowd or whatever. But you know, I think if you to ask the players, they just want to get out and play at this point. They're just driven mad, you know. Yeah, I think there's going to be pros and cons. So I think the pros obviously is you're going to probably get a closer feel to hearing on the pitch what's going on, what the players say to each other. You get that insight. But again, like you know. It's going to look like when someone scores a goal, it's going to be like training. You know, the team all jump on top of each other and that's it. But, you know, you can't beat when, you know, someone runs over to their home fans after scoring a last-minute winner. And, like, you know, they're in the stands with the fans, basically, uh, uh, when it happens. And, like, there's some magic moments when that happens. And I feel now, you know, it will feel less magical. Yeah, it's it's going to be weird looking at it now. Just a quick prediction. Do you think that more people are going to watch the first game, Aston Villa against Sheffield United? Or do you think more people are going to be tuning in for the first game of the Bundesliga? Because that got huge ratings as well. Well, I feel like it's probably more in comparison. Most people watch Arsenal versus City. I think the ratings for that game will be huge. Um, and I think it will probably outdo the Schalke versus Dortmund game. But I think you have to, if you want to do like for like, you almost have to do like, you know, in terms of fixtures, in terms of qualities of opponents, I think that's it. Like, put it this way, if Paderborn were playing at home to Stuttgart, I don't think that would have done, you know, blockbuster ratings. Yeah, true, yeah. True, yeah. Do you agree, Paul? Well, I think the fact that that was a derby, wasn't it? So, I think yeah. that, that's kind of why people were a bit more tuned in for that. And it was, at that point, we were completely, you know, frozen out of football altogether. It was absolutely nothing to look forward to. But I think, as Ross said, you know, Sheffield United and Aston Villa doesn't scream goals. It doesn't scream, you know, the most glamorous football. But I think at this point, people just would like to see the Premier League football. Ross said there about, you know, getting an insight to kind of what players would be saying. I know we've heard German people saying stuff on the pitch, but we don't know what they're saying. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> now with the, with the Premier League, you'd probably be able to make out what the lads are saying to each other. I remember I was at a game earlier on the season and it was... Uh, Arsenal and Watford and it was 2-2 and we were like like literally two rows from the front and Ben Foster and I think Bern Leno yeah Bern Leno was in goals so we were right beside the net and you could hear what they were saying to each other at corner kicks and all and I think that was really cool I think if you can kind of get an insight in that it might be cool but in terms of ratings or whatever I'll obviously be tuned in because I always like to see how our Irish lads are getting on and especially Sheffield United I think we'll, we'll come to that in a little bit kind of the European places I'd love to see them uh, get in there so I'll be kind of watching with eager eyes to see how the likes of John Egan and then the Stevens and Didzy kind of get on you know yeah shout out Didzy he signed a new contract there till 2022 uh, yeah. lads a couple of things I do want to drop in before we actually go into sort of games and stuff uh, there's, bit, there's set to be nine substitutes per in each game right nine nine uh, that's, I thought that's it was what, five well that's what they're talking about now and the thing is everything is going to be way more like focused on Okay, so obviously the Premier League is going to be way more focused on. Everything is going to be highlighted because like, they're going to have no fans, so everything is going to be focused on the, on the pitch and the subs. So there is going to be a choice nine, of nine subs. You can make five substitutions as well. Like, it, it, looking at certain things, everything is going to be more highlighted. Like, uh, you're going to have whole, way more players on the bench. More players are going to be upset by not coming on. What happens if you're a player also who doesn't get picked in the squad? This is like, you're going to really get to see the behind-the-scenes sort of stuff. Like, it, so, Paul, like, obviously, there seems to be a serious unrest with Spurs and Jose Mourinho. So, uh, what, how do you think this is going to affect when you look at the Spurs team and all this sort of stuff going on and you get to see player not coming on, what's going to happen? Well, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Like, Mourinho, he's so marmite. Like, I think it's even the same way with players that he plays with. Like, some people absolutely love him and some people absolutely hate him. And he's burnt a lot of bridges over the years. So, yeah, as you say, we'll be interested in that regard to kind of see... And you, you're probably be able to hear more of what they're saying back to him, you know, as he's coming off the pitch or whatever. Or if they don't like him, they might make it a point. Because there's so much player power now that they might make it a point to kind of make him look like a fool a little bit. Um, yeah, also the way his first game is against United. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think as well, like, they, you know, Spurs, they're not the same sides as they were. Possibly, I don't think they were that good last season either. I know they got to the Champions League final, but you know they kind of scraped that win against Ajax in, in the semis. Well, I just didn't think they were. You know, you go back a couple of seasons and they were unbelievable with Ericsson and that. They don't really have those types of players. I think they'll be looking more so. Maybe Mourinho more so will be looking more so towards the transfer window and just kind of getting the season over and done with at this point. Um, whether he falls out with people, I don't think he's any stranger to fall out with people. So I don't think that's going to phase him too much. But 
he needs results, doesn't he? So it's going to be based on that as well. So I, I don't really know kind of what to make of Spurs at the moment, but we'll have to kind of see how they get on. And so many teams are playing more, so much more different than they were before the break. And obviously all the momentum's gone from anyone. So yeah. you don't know what way teams are going to kind of feel out. And I think this week will be a good marker for, for next week then when we do another one on it. Yeah, Ross, what, what do you expect them to look out for here in the matches as well? Because obviously we're going to be watching 11 versus 11, but like sort of as I, as I touched on players, players are going to like, if they start throwing the shirts away for coming off as a sub and all this sort of stuff, you know, like what, what do you sort of look, what do you think people should look out for? Well, I think one thing that's going to be uh, very clear is that the transfer window is going to open basically as soon as the Premier League closes. So if you were looking for a transfer, this is the perfect pl- uh, time to put yourself in the shop window, put your hand up for that transfer. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to be so hot and then, you know, the transfer window is going to open straight away. So, I think if you're looking for a move away, you know, throwing a tantrum or, tr- or you know, kicking over water bottles isn't your, isn't your best option whatsoever. So, I think, you know, players probably be on their best behavior. And look, Deli Ali went out and he did his video about the coronavirus or whatever. And then he got uh, one match ban. So, you know what I mean? Like players want to be on their best behavior. Otherwise, you know, FA or the FA don't mind throwing out bands left, right, and center. Yeah. Also, if you've seen in certain games in Germany and in Spain, uh, for instance, players have taken a knee after a goal or pulled the top up and showed something mm-hmm. about like Black Lives Matter. I ex- I expect a lot of that uh, people to pull their tops up and have messages on their tops, like like especially someone like Sterling, who's very outspoken. Marcus Rashford has done amazing things over the last couple of months. You know what I mean? Uh, Paul Pogba, for instance, see, I'm sure he's dying to get a goal. And uh, th- th- this, uh, there's going to be a, like a lot of, a lot of like attention on this. So this is like the perfect time for people to speak out against stuff that should be, shouldn't even exist. Well, yeah, I think as well they're go- they're going to have the Spurs are going to have Harry Kane back, which they had no strikers remember before the coronavirus kind of outbreak as well. Uh, Rashford's going to be back for United as well. So I think in some ways. As well, you know, there will be positives to take that so many players that were injured will be coming back. And as you said, Rashford and the likes have done amazing things on social media and so on, which a lot of players get criticised for. So it's great to see him getting the kind of recognition that he deserves, you know. Yeah. Is there... I was just going to say, I do think on that game, that's like a top four make or break for Spurs. If Spurs lose that game, like I don't think they have any possibility of making top four after. Uh, lads, obviously it's coming back and we are very excited and like almost every team should have a full complement of players what sort of players are you looking out for and you're excited to see obviously like myself and Ross are both Man United fans so like saying the return of Paul Pogba would be a funny one but uh, Paul you're a neutral here so what sort of players are you looking forward to seeing back in the Premier League well uh, Rashford for one because when he's fit like most of the time he's, he's scored and he seems to be the main man for his at the moment well before he got injured you know Lukaku went in the summer and then kind of there was no one really there or no one was officially named as the, the man to be the, the main person for you know and he's kind of stepped up and he got a bad injury and I think they were saying he was going to be ruled out for the Euros and stuff like that and now yeah. he's back so I think that's a huge boost for the likes of United I was actually liking Fernandez, uh, Bruno Fernandez. I was really thinking he was starting to actually do good things for United, and he was giving Man United fans a bit of hope because I think before he came in, there was just they, they, they had no hope. They were yeah. kind of cl- clutching yeah, straws. Stop putting it in, man, will it? <laughs> well, they were just saying that, like, like you know, someone like McTominay is getting a lot of plaudits and stuff like that. Now, when your defensive midfielder is getting a lot of plaudits, you know something's not going right at the other end of the pitch in terms of scoring goals. Not that he's a bad player or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is usually Man United, they're known for you know scoring goals, creative play type things, not their defensive midfielders. And I think Fernandez kind of gave that. And he was scoring goals and then he was shushing Pep Guardiola and stuff like that. I think he'll go down really well with you know, the fans and if he can finish the season strongly. But I think playing him, I don't know what way if, if Ole will play you know, Pogba and Fernandez in the same team. But, I mean, if I was coming up against them, I'd be quite worried. Yeah. Any other teams, uh, any other players of any other teams that you look forward to seeing back? Uh, um, there's no one really that kind of jumps out at me. Because I, 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 I've seen them all this season. Do you know what I mean? If It'd be different if it was coming off the back of a, a transfer window more so. Um, you know, I love watching Man City when they're in full swing, Kevin De Bruyne and stuff like that. So those types of players, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie, I do not like Liverpool, so I 
do not want to see them, but they do play unbelievable football. I mean, you can't, you can't deny it. Uh, they are champions in waiting. Um, so I'm, I'm not looking forward to seeing them. But to, the likes of, uh, I just want to see like Everton players back. I want to see Richardson banging in some goals again. I, I love him. Uh, Dominic Cavalloon as well has been amazing this season. So th- th- these types of players, but that's just my own bias. You know, if you're kind of looking from a neutral perspective around the league, there's no one really that, you know, I would like to see someone like Aaron Connolly scoring some goals for Brighton, but that's purely from an Irish point of view. And, and Obafemi maybe for, for uh, and Shane Long for Southampton border. Nah, it, I, 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 I want to just see football back firstly, and then I'll kind of worry about the players, if you know what I mean. Well, who are you looking forward to? <laughs> uh, one, one, person who, one person who I'm looking forward to who, like I'm probably not supposed to be allowed to look forward to oh, I'm actually looking forward to seeing uh, Leroy Sané back I think he's an absolutely unbelievable oh, player uh, and he's he's basically missed the entire season and is, he I think ba- he, is he back though yeah uh, apparently so yeah um, well, I, well I am excited to see him Ross yeah, so thanks for yeah. telling me that no worries and I, I actually think he would have made the title uh, battle a lot closer if he was there because like he just he just terrorized defenders, especially if you back for that Arsenal game because like he actually like pisses all over them. Um, <laughs> in, ter- in terms of other players, like obviously there's like you know the United players Bruno Pogba and um, Rashford Martial. I'm like looking to see how they all work on the one pitch. Um, and uh, again, like I always do keep an eye out on the Irish players. Um, but it'd be uh, a few interests down the bottom of the table, like uh, you know for Brighton, how do Aaron Connolly and your man Mo Pye do. Uh, can Pookie get his shooting boots back on and save the day for Norwich? Uh, what's Eddie Howe going to do with uh, Bournemouth? And then, like, I'll just keep a good look on uh, Sheffield United just because they have a good Irish contingent and uh, Chris Wilder has not played unbelievable football for such like a mediocre team. And I'd say 90% of any pundits' predictions had Sheffield United at the foot of the table uh, at the start of the season as well. Yeah. Also, you know, you'd have to get above Sheffield United. <laughs> uh, a couple of questions, lads, as well. Is okay the Premier League Player of the Season award? I don't think has been awarded yet, or like, or like they haven't taken all the votes in for that. So mm. obviously, Van Dijk and Henderson are probably pushing them each other to see if they get it. And uh, and Manny, uh, another person, Jack Grealish, like he's up for. He's going to be moving. He's going to want to move at the end of the season. Let's see what he can do when he comes back. Because like he, that, that, be, that story is very interesting. And then Harry Kane as well. After saying that he wants to go on to bigger and better things, he's going to have to come out and score goals. So there's a lot of pressure on him. But I think before we go into our predictions for who's going to get top six, we should probably predict who should get relegated, lads. If you just want to jump onto the tables there. Um, at the moment, it is Norwich at the bottom. I think they're, go- they're gone. Yeah, Norwich on twenty nine games, twenty one points. Nineteenth uh, is Aston Villa, twenty eight games, twenty five points. Bournemouth are third last on twenty nine games, twenty seven points. Watford are joined with them. West Ham are joined with them as well, and then Brighton in fifteenth of twenty nine games, twenty nine points. So, like realistically, things can change now because who knows who's been eating the burgers and who's been training. But uh, it's looking like Brighton, West Ham, Watford, Bournemouth, Aston Villa, and Norwich. Are going to go for the chop. Um, who wants to go first, lads? On who's getting relegated? Because I'm going to write this down now. <laughs> okay, you've been. All right, well, look, uh, I, I definitely think Norwich, Norwich are dead cert to go down. Um, look, I just don't think they have any Premier League quality players. Maybe Bar Campbell and Pookie. That's probably about it for me. Aaron's uh, as well. Yeah, Max Aaron's actually brilliant right back. Uh, but that's that's about it. I think their team like has a smell of championship off them. Um, so I don't, I don't think they'll, they'll do uh, much. Then, if you look at Aston Villa, I think if you take Jack Grealish out of that team, um, you know, I mean, there's not much left bones to pick at. You know, Connor Huron's a decent player, but they don't McGinn, have strikers. McGinn, McGinn is... yeah, John McGinn's actually good as well, but they don't have strikers. And if you don't have strikers to score goals, then you're not going to stay up in the Premier League. It's been shown time and time again. And I think the third team's go down. Uh, I actually have a sneaky suspicion it's going to end up being Brighton this year. Uh, I do like Brighton. They're very, very solid at the back. But I don't know if Neil Mopoy uh, and Aaron Connolly can score enough goals to keep them up. They they have a struggle on the goals front. Uh, well, first, all the teams have down there. But I think Nigel Pearson has done the relegation battle before for Watford. David Moyes has done the relegation battle before. And uh, Eddie Howe has sort of, you know, always been in relegation. But I think he sort of escapes the last five, ten games. This is the worst relegation battle Bournemouth battle they've been in since uh, they've been promoted. 
But I think Brighton are going to be the team to go down. I think they have the least quality of the four sides. Paul? Um, I think, as you said, about Norwich, um, you know, you have three players that you think there that kind of stand out. Aston Villa actually have a game in hand on them, what I'm seeing here. Um, yeah. So if they if if Villa win that, I think Norwich are gone. Um, I think it actually could be a good thing for for again from an Irish point of view if they get relegated next season. I think Adam Eda could be their star man in the championship, which could be good mm. for us. So I think either way, I think they're gone at this point. Um, then you're kind of looking at what Villa, Bournemouth, Watford, West Ham, and Brighton. The thing is, um, you know, I I have to say the job Nigel Pearson's done with Watford has been. Amazing, considering you know when I went to watch them against Arsenal early on in the season, they were losing every game, um, and they were hammered, and they were changed managers like three times before January, and he came in there and he's really you know turned the ship around. They look dead cert to be you know gone by January, mm. and he came in, and now they're I know they're hovering above the the spots, but I think I think they'll actually stay up. So I think you're looking between Villa, Bournemouth, West Ham and Brighton. And, you know, before the break, you know, I kind of have close relations with West Ham fan TV and they were all pretty much saying that they think that they're done and they're going to go down. So it, it's mad when you, when you hear from that point of view. I think Brighton, if they can start off the first couple of games with some positive results, I think they could they could um, stay up because, you know, they've got some some decent players in there with Davy Proper, um Pascal Gross and stuff like that who can set up goals but it's as you say goals and, and, and getting players into position to score the goals I, I think you said that about Villa yeah. uh, for, for me you know I don't even think Jack Grealish is all that and that's not any bitterness or anything like that like I just you know if he was that good Villa why would he be bitter? But, what? why would he be bitter? I'm on joking <laughs> yeah but like I just I just uh, I look at Villa and I go like okay they got to a League Cup uh, League Cup final but they they got beaten didn't they by City's pretty much reserves, um, but if if Jack Grealish was all that, Villa wouldn't be where they are. Um, in terms of Bournemouth, I'd, I'd be more fearful of them. So I, if I was kind of picking, it'd probably be as it is, bottom three there, uh, Villa and Bournemouth. And if I, I could probably see Bournemouth somehow jamly scraping it, and someone like West Ham going down, which is mad to say because of the squad West Ham have actually built. Um, I think Brighton will stay up. Uh, I'm kind of ho- more hopeful than anything else. But I think, um, you know, Shane Duffy, obviously, his, his father's passed away and stuff like that. So I think he'd be more eager to kind of finish the season strongly as well. Uh, he get back into the team. I think he will, yeah. Um, but it's, it's, at, at this point, they're kind of in survival mode, Brighton. So they might have to just go back to the Chris Hewton tactics. But again, if you're looking at that and why Chris Hewton got sacked, you know, he, he played... Or he finished similar enough to what they're in now last season. Do you know what I mean? So it's not really much of a change for him to have got sacked for, you know. Right. But that's that's I'd probably go with that the bottom tree as it is now. I'd probably say. All right, Barry gives your gives your three there now. I know. I don't be you know what Barry's real tactic. He makes us go first, listen to our inside information, and then goes actually now I'll pick. All right. Okay. First thing to get relegated. Give me one sec. I'm gonna go with everything. I'm gonna go right. I'm just after listening to both of I'm gonna come out with another sort of spin the sort of harmony in the team. Because who's been doing the Zoom calls together? Who's been sort of hyping each other up? Who's been like, we're in it till we die sort of attitude? And one team I don't think are gonna be like that is West Ham. I don't think they're all like in it on the, on the same boat together. So I'm gonna go with West Ham. Uh, I think Wofford have that. So I think Wofford will stay together. And I think Bournemouth have that as well. I think experience is going to come down to it as well. So I'm going to go with relegation, West Ham, Aston Villa and Norwich. Just based on Norwich and Aston Villa don't really have this experience. They don't have the dogfight experience. Like in the... but, so I'm going to go for West Ham, Aston Villa and Norwich. So well, We'll say that David Moyes has had you know, a fair few relegation battles and, mm. and, and I wouldn't overlook him. Uh, yeah, I, he's come out the better side. Most of the time, obviously, that time at Sunderland he got relegated, yeah. but they they were destined to go down like they were all. Yeah, but that that was that was the most poison chalice in football. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But who knows? They could go either way as well, with no fans booing them the whole time. To be like, you know what? We'll actually try and win, lads. You know, so, there's actually, something about that West Ham team. I actually think they have most class in the team. If you know what I mean, oh, no, like Felipe yeah. Anderson, yeah. Noble, Rice, um, Mikel Antonio, yeah, Milenko. Um, 
Yeah, Yarmolenko, uh, Ogbone at centre half, and Diop are like two absolute brutes. Haller as well. Yeah. Point. If he could actually get find the shooting boots, I think he left them in Germany. He might have to well, go back and get them. Yeah, well, lads, like put it this way: used to, we all got, went for Norwich and Villa, and then Ross went for Brighton, Paul went for Bournemouth, and I went for West Ham. You know, so we're all in different boats mm. here. So uh, obviously, we're checking this out now. Let us know you think it's going to get relegated because we're going to move into the top six. Uh, and then honourable mention for 12 for everything. So uh, right now it's looking like the from ninth up to first, the teams are on over 40 points. So like like we're, will we start at ninth? Yeah, well, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll start with nine. We'll all just give a, a few sentences on Arsenal. Yeah. Um, so Arsenal ninth, uh, they're currently on 40 points. You know, I mean, a couple of wins and they could be back in action. Obviously, they lost and they're friendly, but so United. So and friendlies mean nothing, but. Uh, Paul, do you want to take this away? Arsenal coming on to what you sort of expect with the 10 games to go for the Gunners? Well, I think Arsenal are still kind of in transition as well uh, with Arteta only coming in uh, not long before the break. Um, he's still kind of getting his team together. Like, Arsenal have quality players. Like, you look at their strikers, they have Aubameyang, Lacazette, and even your man Pepe who came in the summer who looks to really be kicking on. Well, he was um, after a bit of a slow start. But, like, but Arsenal, you never know what you're going to get with them. They're the most inconsistent team ever. Like, you think that they're going to go do really well and they, they're coming ninth. Uh, obviously, that was down to the previous manager. I think, like, like Everton at the minute, Arsenal are a bit in transition. You know, two of them kind of got the managers around the same time. Um, so, it's just, I think, Arteta's just trying to find his feet. This is his first real management job. Um, so, I think it's going to take him time. But I think, you know, this will be a good tester for him to see who he wants to keep and who he wants to get rid of. And I think that's more so what this will be, more of an experiment for them than really pushing on. I think, you know, they might finish in the top six, but uh, I think they'll really have to push themselves hard if they are going to do that. Yeah, I do agree with you. There is definitely quality in the squad they have at the moment. Uh, there's loads of rumours going around that Aubameyang, Lacazette, David Luiz are all gone this summer. Uh, if they are, Arsenal are going to have a very long, hard look with themselves and see where, you know, their next superstars are going to come from. But look, Mikel Arteta seems to know what he's doing. Uh, they won three and drew two of their last five games in the Premier League. The only problem with them is that they come up against Man City next. And Man City seem to be their kryptonite. So a loss there is going to make it very hard to sort of win the remainder of their games to you know, challenge for that sort of top four, top six spot. But anything is possible. They have the quality to get there. I just think they'll finish sort of seventh. I think they'll finish just that bit outside. There's going to be, like, it's so funny how all these players have been off and they've been earning massive wages and coming into these games. Last few games, the professionalism is going to really, really be, like, judged. And, uh, yeah, who's coming in with the pop belly? Yeah, but just everything, like, just, uh, like, like, everything is going to be so much more hyper-focused. Like, it, everything, oh, it's going to be, it's good, it, it, everything is going to be picked at uh, in these few games. Um, I, I can't see Arsenal getting into that top. Will they get in the top six? I, I, I don't really know at, at the moment. Uh, can you see them getting top four, lads? No. Definitely not top four, no. Definitely not top four. Not a hope. Well, they're eight points off Chelsea. Uh, okay, Spurs, like Jose Mourinho, the tactical master. Do you think he still has it in him? Because like a, a good win for any of these teams will, will like is a great way to start off coming back. Because say if you come back three losses, you're out of the game. Um, Paul, like, what's the story of Jose Mourinho? Do you think he's still is he is is he still a special one or is he uh, turned into the forgotten one? I think I think you know I think he's a bit outdated now. I think I put out a tweet the other day just looking at his um his inter side that he built um back there in two thousand kind of nine ten that time time frame and the team he built there like he had the likes of Schneider Etu and all that type of thing really really good players who work really hard for the team and Man. you know I know he, I, sorry men yeah well I look at the team he has now and I just look at some of them are kind of they're getting to a point where they're just a bit stale at the club like um, for Tong and Alder Royal, these types of players who are really good but I think they could probably do with a fresher challenge in their lives or careers sorry um and go on somewhere else and maybe he gets in his own players next season again it's similar in a way to Arteta where he'd be looking to see who's going to perform from who, who he can get rid of I think if he has his way I think he might look to offload Harry Kane for a big hefty chunk and then be able to spend that on players that he would like to but 
you don't know whether Levy's going to give him the money to spend on who he, you know, he would have probably been told and given assurances that he'd be allowed to spend money, otherwise he wouldn't have taken the job. But when have you ever known Mourinho not to take a job where he's not allowed to spend money since Porto days? You know, he's, he's gone, gone everywhere and he's had a big um, windfall of money and he's been able to go out and buy whoever pretty much he wants. Now, I know he spoke earlier about how he burnt bridges and stuff like that. So, but the players that would kind of be hesitant to go to him now more so than ever because he has a bit of a rep and, you know, his time at United yeah. didn't end too well. He seemed to be fall, falling out with everyone here and there and I think with player power I think he's kind of fell victim to that a little bit because he likes to be the one in control yeah. and now he doesn't have the I suppose the control over the players I think the players have the control of the dressing room more so than you know when you look at Klopp and Guardiola you can tell that they have a, a reign over the but the players love them they love to the play for them they love everything about them but I think Mourinho has a if you do anything wrong on Mourinho I think he can just change his tune to it all together and doesn't warm towards it anymore um, I've read stories of players being injured and doesn't talk to them and stuff like that which is just a bad way to go about so sorry to go on so long but I just say it's going to be a case of I think if his player he needs his players to perform from minute go and if they don't I don't even see them I see them finishing 7th or 8th of where they are now I don't really see them pushing on too much. Other teams around them, I think, are playing better or were playing better. So yeah. Also, he seems he, like he seems to come into a team and do well when he has a lot of men ready to go. Not really younger kids, and he doesn't like putting the giving the young lads a go. Even like Troy Parrott, when he said that, like he didn't he didn't even have another striker, and Troy Parrott's just sitting there being like, "Cheers, boss." But Ross, what do you sort of expect from Spurs now? They're coming eight. Like Marino's had a, a tactical genius, obviously uh, coming into this game against United. You know, like this. If this doesn't get him, if if that game doesn't get him up and going, like what game will you know? This these sort of comments could come back to bite me because you know Spurs might go and do you know. But I look at Spurs and just go, that club was like lost their meaning. They got to the Champions League final, and then I look at the things they did, like you know, getting rid of Trippier and then using Serge Aurier as a right back doesn't cut the cheese for me. Uh, I prefer Danny Rose at left back than I did Ben Davies. Uh, Vertonghen and Alderweireld, like absolutely fabulous in their house, but obviously they were pissed off at some stage that they weren't getting new contracts. So like, who knows if their heart's fully there at the club? Um, you know, Lloris got injured, so like, is he going to be the same Lloris as he was before? And Zambale, uh, like, is permanently at the drive through McDonald's. Uh, so he seems like he was a bad signing from Leon, record signing for them. Uh, they sold Ericsson, never replaced him. I think Son's brilliant. Lucas Moore seems to be a very talented player, but they don't seem to give him a solid run the team. And then I said to you all, I don't, the time I don't think you're naming the whole starting eleven. Like. <laughs> yeah, but then, uh, well, this this one I think is the Spurs squad. And then I've said it to you plenty of times. I think Harry Kane is like the second coming of Michael Owen, and I think his best days are behind them. Uh, I, I think his injuries have sort of where he come to uh, tipping point, and I don't think Harry Kane will ever score. 25 Premier League goals in a campaign ever again I just don't think he has it in him to do that so I don't think Spurs are going to be uh, competitive for the top six this season Paul what do you think of that? Uh, bit strong um, I, I remember when uh, Shearer was uh, was kind of coming towards the back end of his days and kind of yeah. changed his game a bit um, under Bobby Robson he came in and changed yeah. his game and kind of made the, him the focal point rather than him doing yeah. all the running and so on and getting, well I don't know because the game has changed so much it is about pressing and all this yeah. type of thing so Ross you could be right but I wouldn't be going that, that strong on, on it at the moment because uh, as you say it could come back to bite you but um, I think one thing I, I didn't pick up on was uh, Lloris being back I think he, he'd actually be um, a big difference from because Gazaniga, I think his name is. I think yeah. he's woeful, absolutely woeful. Like, um, I, I so I think, think having Lloris, sorry, I don't think either is great to be honest. Well, he's that captain though, isn't he? Well, he was a good uh, winner when, when Kane was injured. I think mm. Lloris was the captain, so I think we you spoke there about men, Barry, before. So I think having someone like Lloris back in there and mastering the defense is what they kind of need right now, and especially Mourinho. So I think. It's it's this thing with Mourinho, isn't it? You, you you just don't know what you're going to get. He's fallen out with so many players in the last clubs he's been at. Since he came back to the Premier League with Chelsea that time and he won the league and then he fell out with everyone and he fell out with the physio, Eva Canero, he fell out with her. 
um, of a run onto the pitch. Then he fell out. to her, the only physio who people know her, her, her name in the entire world. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true as well. But uh, that's because a lot of the, I think a lot uh, she was a doctor as well. Mm. I think she was actually uh, looking after all the players' um, children when they were sick and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I think that's how that all backfired on Mourinho mm-hmm. when he decided to go hell for leather rather, and then at United that went. You know, topsy turvy for him there as well. So he, I think he really needs to be careful um, how he handles this Spurs job because if it goes tits up again, he won't get another job in England. I don't think anyway. Yeah, and the second run with Chelsea, as you said, was was like nowhere near comparison to his first. It was almost like he shouldn't have gone back that well. Like he's like Chelsea completely don't return. Yeah, he, he was running the, the, out of I, clubs as well. Like, you know. Sorry, Barry, go on. Yeah, he, like Mourinho, he was running. The, he was running out of clubs, and now he's definitely running out of clubs. You know. Next up, Liverpool. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know what the situation is with Mourinho. Like he's, he's almost like he's used. I feel like he's almost used all of his energy, and I, I, I can't see like another step. Like not everyone's Alex Ferguson, you know. And some people, mm. some people just he used a lot of his energy when he was younger. So I, I, I don't know if he has. Does he have that much left to go again? Does he believe Spurs are going to ever get into the Champions League, and if not, win it? And like. If he doesn't believe in that, then that's not really going to bring the best out of Mourinho as well. But uh, I can't, I can't see Spurs getting into the top four either. Um, I think you'd have to judge Mourinho. I think on next season's achievements, I think so. Officially, judge his kind of job at Spurs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah obviously, like things can change. You know, I mean, things can change. But uh, Sheffield United are currently coming seventh. Like a lot of the Irish lads, we gave a shout out to Didzy for signing a new contract. Um, <laughs> are you, lads, if you had a Yes or no? Do you think Sheffield United are going to get into top four? Because uh, yes, you think they're going to get top four? Yeah. Uh, no, not top four. Top six. I hope. Uh, I'd love to see them get. It'd be a great achievement for them. Right. I uh, really, I really enjoyed watching them this season. To be fair. Who's oh, no, oh, better though, lads? Wolves story this season or Sheffield United? Which story? Oh, definitely Sheffield United. Sheffield United. Uh, Chris Waller, the way he plays is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, they've gone in there and battled with all the big boys, and they've held their own. Uh, I think they're. You know, Chris Wilder had easy can rival Jurgen Klopp for um, manager of the year. And if anything, I give to Chris Wilder because you told me Liverpool were really dominant uh, based on last year and we're going to win the league. I go, yeah, I believe it. If you told me at the start of this season, Sheffield United were going to be challenging for the top six and even top four, I would have laughed at you. So, like, in terms of expectations meeting reality, Chris Wilder has done an absolute phenomenal job. My only concern for them, if they do get top six and they do get Europa League, is how will that affect their league run next year? And will that mean a dog fight at a relegation battle? I think it's a huge achievement for them as well, though, because you look at um, Wolves, you know, they obviously got Europe um, a while mm. after coming up, but the players that they had already were already really Premier League qual- quality, you know, top half players like Neves and. Um, the Patricio, the keeper as well, all really good players and national team players for for Portugal. So they had a like, you know, we all know Ireland is Ireland, and they're mm. on no level or capacity to to Portugal. So going in there with three, if you want to include Robinson, you could say four, um, but three definite players who play most games for them, um, and they and they're going for Europe. I think it's a great achievement. Um, a lot of their players were kind of castaways, you know players given away and, and they kind of just picked them up and Chris Wilder has done an absolutely unbelievable job in bringing them through and just get them to where they are whatever way they, they finish the season it's going to be an achievement but I, I, like ideal situation Wolves win the Europa League and get Champions League next year so they have European football and Sheffield United finishing the top six happy days for, for everyone all involved yeah no, I, don't, I think so I think we might as well move straight into Wolves uh, as well yeah, hold on. Uh, if, Wolves, if Wolves were played the Sheffield United in a in a two game playoff, who do you think would win Wolves. Oh, I'd have to fancy Wolves. As Paul said, uh, like they came into the Premier League with like one of the best squads that anyone's come into the Premier League with. Uh, I don't know how Ruben Neves signed for uh, Wolves and went unrivaled. Uh, obviously, that Jorge Mendes link there is something frightening. Uh, the Portuguese, but like you look at Ruben Patricio. Portuguese international goalkeeper Ruben Neves, like he's a linchpin in both the Portugal and uh, Wolves midfield. Raul Jimenez up front, like people are looking to buy him for fifty million uh, pounds now. Uh, Diego Jota, Adama Traore, if he can like 
keep continuing to improve on his football skills will be one of the most dangerous players the Premier League have ever seen. So, like, that Wolves team could, you know, easily Gen- surpass Gen- as well. Yeah, that sort of genie in midfield. That that Wolves team on a stage, the starting 11, Matt Doherty, a right back, phenomenal. Uh, you know, Connor Cody, Bowley, you know, they could actually rival, say, an Arsenal starting 11 or a Leicester starting 11 or a Spurs starting 11. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at their, if you did like combined 11 between like Wolves and any of those teams, like Wolves would like, you know, five or, five or six spots in that team. And um, when you look, when it comes down to it, like Wolves are one of the better teams in the Premier League these days. Does it go to show Wolves and Sheffield United, two teams with settled squads, and look, look, look what look can be achieved and that happens? Mm. Well, I think what you said there about, you know, Jimenez, and obviously during the coronavirus, I had a fair few of the Irish players on and. Lots, lots of them said your man Raul Jimenez up front is is up there with some of the best players they've played. But that was including the likes of Mane and Aguero. So, just goes to show how good he is. Yeah, people people seem to be singing his praises, and like he's been linked to all the top clubs. So it'll be very interesting to see when they hold on to him. I think they will, uh, just because he's probably happy there, and there seems to be that sort of you know Hispanic vibe. Uh, at the at the club there, well, I don't know if Portuguese is Hispanic as well, but oh, no, yeah, you know so. what I mean. Mediterranean yeah, boys or whatever. He's Mexican, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, Mexican. he is. Well, I think I think they all sort of speak Spanish or Portuguese, yeah, yeah. so like they have that that good lingo. And I keep on forgetting Adama Traore is uh, is declared for Spain as well. Yeah, do we have him Paella rather than Pies? Yeah, but. Uh, Right, we're looking at the top five now, right? Obviously, United are sitting fifth. They're on 45 points. Chelsea are on 48 points. Um, Leicester City are on 53 points. Man City are on 57. And Liverpool are winning with 82. So, realistically, like, Liverpool are going to come first. Man City are going to come second. But there is about three or four teams battling now for a third and fourth position. So, like, looking at United now, probably the biggest squad in the league. And they are... There's... Nine games left from uh, Paul. We start with you. Where, what do you think is going to happen with Manchester United when they come back? Well, I think United kind of of all the teams will probably benefit from having players back. Like I know we spoke earlier about Pogba, Rashford, and these types of players. I think when when Rashford was real low, I think it was a big loss for Man United fans. Um, so yeah, but it's funny because at the start of the season, people were talking about you know Rashford leaving and stuff like that, which I thought was crazy. Um, so I think you know it will kind of benefit from that, and I think if they can get off to a good start against Spurs, it'd be interesting to see how they actually get on from there and kind of see if they go on a run or whatever. I think Solskjaer has been unlucky in some cases. Now, I haven't been following United as closely as they probably would have in, in recent years, but and you will probably give me a, a better lowdown on this because you will follow them more so than I would. Um, so. T- from, to see like the likes of Pogba back, I don't know what the story was with him. I mean, there was rumours he was injured, then he was seen dancing at parties and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see whether he's actually back and, and playing and in the squad because, as I said, there's been rumour that he was back, then he was injured. No one knew what was going on. So I think I, I'd like to see for Solskjaer's point of view, just get a few runs because no matter what he does, he just seems to get stick no matter what. Okay. You, this was, oh, you know what to say, Paul. When the tunes are good, you have to get a bop. <laughs> See, this, this was also when there was Paul Pogba's midfield as well. Now that now that Bruno's after coming in, everyone, a lot of people forgot we even had Pogba because he wasn't there. And now uh, Pogba's come back into a team where he's not the main man, and he's not on the penalties, he's not on the free kicks, he's not on the throw-ins. You know, he's probably not even the DJ at the moment as well because Bruno Fernandez is just uh, it's his team now, and. Um, I wouldn't even be. I don't even think it'd be a hundred percent great idea to throw Pogba back in to start against Spurs because the midfield, like Fred, definitely deserves to play, and then so does Matic and so does McTominay. But McTominay was injured before going into it, so I think it should be Bruno, uh, Fred, and Matic to start because those three were doing really well leading into it, rather than and then because like Rashford should definitely start on the left. On the right, it's going to be Dan James to say, and then up front Martial. So they already have a click, you know, and then. May, uh, bring Pogba on maybe or you know I mean there's a lot of games we played and there's no point of really rushing them back in because like Pogba and Fernandez both started together against West Brom there in the friendly and I know it's a friendly but they still lost and then Pereira what played the other game scored too I don't think it's a good, a good idea to start Pogba right back in because I, I think you, they should prove I think they should prove a point to be like look you have to earn yourself back into this teammate like you know 
Would you play Rashford uh, on the left uh, instead of Martial or, or instead of down the no, middle? Marshall, Marshall down the middle, Rashford okay. on the left, Dan James on the right. Does that happen uh, much? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, but Rashford hasn't played with Bruno either. So like to put two new players in to have played with Bruno, who's oh. been our best player, I don't think is a good idea. So I, I, I'd, I'd go without Pogba. I don't know. What, Ross, what about yourself? Uh, for me, the way I look at it, um, oh, I, I don't mind. Let's say we start with your formation. You started there, and then maybe even if you know it's nil all a half time, or if they're not winning, if they're goal down a half time, you take off Matic, you bring on Pogba, or if it's nil all, because like in fairness, at this stage, Matic is probably a bit not match fit, and he's getting a bit older. Give him forty five minutes, and give Pogba forty five minutes. If you have your five substitutions, you know what I mean. No, I think. Everyone should make at least one substitution at half time uh, if things aren't going their way. Uh, in terms of top four for United, I definitely see it feasible. Where you really showed your colours in uh, what's called uh, in being a Man United fan when you start off and like, right, lads, let's talk about the top five. I don't think anyone's ever called the top five before in the history of the Premier League. But uh, here we are. I suppose it is the top five because especially Man City's Champions League ban is upheld as well. That uh, Those places could keep on sliding down into... Uh, fifth and seventh but I think Man United should target Leicester and be like if we finish ahead of Leicester we'll guaranteed be in the top four uh, I think that's where the aim should be um, I think they can do it I think as you said like they have the best squad um, possibly in the league at the moment especially in midfield in the middle of the park and that's something that United haven't been able to say for a very long time Midfield has been quite poor, but like they have five or six midfielders that are quite strong. Um, obviously, defensively, Wan Bissaka is I, I call him the best right back in the Premier League. I know people say Trent Alexander Arnold, but like you don't get considered the best right back for having 12 assists, you get considered the best right back for you know making the most tackles. You're a defender first. Uh, Harry Maguire has been solid enough. Be interesting who he gets put part alongside it. And then Shaw and Williams have been pushing each other all year. So I think there's plenty of firepower up front. And I'd be very, very hopeful, you know, to get into top four. And I think they have been doing a lot of sort of convivial work together. And I rate their chances a lot higher than Chelsea and Leicester. Just finished off there, Ross. Uh, you know, he's getting top four, yes or no? Yes. Paul, first of all, what do you think Bruno Fernandes and, and Paul Bauer are going to be like together? And also, do you think, you know, they're going to get top four? Um, well, it'd be interesting to see if they can play together. As you said, they played in a friendly or whatever. I wouldn't really be judging it off that, but um, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be one of those things. We just have to see how that one plays out. And if they can play together, I mean, good players can play with each other, let's be honest. So, so that's the Lampard of Jared. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to joke, but they didn't play each other every week. So Exactly, yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. So um, it's just going to, you just have to let that one play out. I don't think United you know, will get top four. I think they'll finish top six, but uh, I think I think Leicester have uh, what's that? so they're fifty three points. You know, they're forty four. I think I actually think Leicester will, will will go strong till the end. I think they'll finish in the top four. Um, I think United the best chance is, is is catching Chelsea. Chelsea have been so up and down this season. You don't know what Chelsea team is going to turn up. Whereas I think Leicester, I know they've dropped off a little bit, um, but I still think the the break would probably do them because they don't have the biggest squad. So I think the break would have actually done them well so now they can finish with the whatever nine games to go. Um, whereas I think Chelsea, you, they have such an inconsistent squad because there's so much youth there that you don't know what Chelsea... I remember Everton hammered them early on the season then got hammered by them there not too long ago. So uh, it, it's going to depend on whether they can catch Chelsea in my opinion. Um, did you see... I just wanted to say, because you know you touched on Harry Maguire, but um, I've seen a tweet on... Um, he put out... A, a, basically a screenshot of a run and it was from like two months ago or something and he put it up and some fella put it up the, the, the tweet to show he's like why did you put that up from from two months ago it's the exact same map and yeah. he, he blocked him so I think he was caught basically lying about going for a run which I thought was quite funny <laughs> nah, we've all done that <laughs> so Everyone I just thought that was funny like it yeah, was called they're pouring the water out of a cup all over yourself and they go on Instagram uh, stories being like glad this was a great run I must find that insanity. It was funny because the fella put up a thing of like showing that he was blocked then from him, so he obviously caught him rapid. Like that's good. Oh, stop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah I suppose I think, I think United will get into. I think United will get into the top four. Uh, I, and don't get me wrong, I'm really excited to see if the Bruno Pogba partnership will mm. work. 
look at obviously look at like so we're in the top four now. Uh, Chelsea, Paul, you touched touched on there. Chelsea, they have a lot of players that, who have not got experience in the Premier League, and also they have three players going out contract at the end of the year: Pedro, William, and Giroud. Uh, Paul, we're going to start with you. Do you think? This is good or bad? Do you think that these three players are going to be like, right, I'm out of contract at the end of the year, I'm going to go all out? Or do you think they're like, here, do you know what? I'm not going to, I'll just, I'll just hang around, you know? Because that could also cost this army and Chelsea, but no one's have a very disruptive change room. I think it could work out actually badly for Chelsea because if you think about it, you know, if, if any of those players get injured, they're missing out on a big money move to wherever. So if like William or something pulls his hamstring, running to, to too, well, I, say, yeah, I don't think he's that fast, but if you say he's <laughs> run too fast, right? He's fast and, Yeah, but he's like 32 or something now, isn't he? So, like, he, yeah. he has pretty much one big move uh, left. He, he's waiting for Jose to call up. Be like, Jose, call up, come over here. It'd be interesting to see if he did go to Spurs because mm. Spurs originally went for him and then he went to Chelsea last minute. So, it would that would be interesting. But it's... Uh, it's going to come down to those types of things. I think someone like Giroud, I think he kind of wears his heart in his sleeve. I think he will give us all for the team. Yeah, um, uh, Pedro, I think he's like that too. I don't think Pedro's... Um, whereas I, I look at William, and I, I don't think he was too happy about you know having to go back and, and, and stay and finish off the season. I think he wanted to go back to Brazil, fin- um, wait for the season to finish, get a, a new contract or let his contract fizzle out and then get a new one. So I think the only real kind of bad spark in that group would be William. Um, I don't even know if if he comes across as a bad lad or anything like that. Like I've never really heard any bad stories about him. But the fact that he wanted to stay in Brazil and stuff kind of says to me he doesn't really want to be there. Ross, yeah. Um, look, I I think Chelsea's biggest problem is going to be the inconsistency. If you take the Chelsea signings like uh, Ziyech and Werner, that seems to be coming. I think Ziyech is confirmed. I think Werner's just waiting to do personally. If you put them in that team now. I think they'd be almost a dead surf for top four. Like, they're two quality signings for next season. I think Chelsea would be good for next season. But whether this Chelsea team that comes back, like, am I really sold on Tommy Abraham as, like, you know, the guy who's going to lead the line for Chelsea? No, and neither are they. So, like, that's going to be definite confidence not to him that, like, they're looking to replace him. Um, Pulisic, he looked good, but, like, he's come back off injury. Is he fit? Probably not. Mason Mount kicked off well, but, like... Uh, like hasn't been that great consistently either. So like definitely a lack of consistency in that Chelsea team. And like I'm not overly keen on the defence. I think having players like Kante and Jorginho was like really saved them a lot this year. They've been, you know, sort of the mainstays in the team. So I think they will drop off and I think United will be able to catch them. And I think they will fall outside the top four. Yeah. Without massively getting into detail about Leicester, because obviously City are gonna come second, yeah. Liverpool are gonna win it. Uh do you think that Leicester will will come third? Lads. I don't know about third, but I definitely think they'll finish in the top four. Um, I, I, I mentioned already, I don't want to go too much into them, uh, yeah. but I did mention that I think that the break would do them the world of good, especially because they've a smaller squad, and I think that they will have all been recuperating quite nicely now. And for them to come in fresh off the back of that, I mean, because of the style of play in which they play, it's very intense and very, you know, they, they get on top of you from the minute go. So I think players like Vardy and stuff like that, I think it'll probably be beneficial for, for those. I think you touched on the, t- the top of the show that he was the top scorer in the Premier League at the moment. So I think he'll be looking to finish the season as the, the Premier League top scorer. So I think he'll have that extra incentive to try and get more goals. And you look around, like the Ilianacho, who's good off the bench for them, as like that, if Tielemans, um, I know I'm probably missing a few off the top of my head, you know, but they've a good squad as well. Like Ben Chilwell's really good at left back. They've uh, Pereira, uh, right back um, that, that Turkish lad with Johnny Evans uh, Soyuncu Soyuncu yeah, yeah. Soyuncu yeah we all said it three different ways <laughs> yeah. and they have a, they have a top class keeper in uh, in Kasper Schmeichel as well so they have the bones of a really really good squad there um, I forgot James Madison as well sorry mm-hmm. so they do have top players within the squad I think with giving them a break rather than maybe going on throughout the season and uh, I think the wheels were starting to come off a little bit uh, maybe that was fatigue or anything like that but I think a lot of their players would be fresh now So, yeah Paul you sort of like said what I was going to say oh, I actually love their midfield I think indeedy Tailsman's and Madison could rival any midfield in the league uh, I think they're almost underrated and underpraised uh, obviously right back Pereira and left back Chilwell are class and Vardy is like an absolute goal machine so I, I just look at them and think 
they'll still finish in the in the top uh, four as well. I just think they're a very, very good side. And Brendan Rodgers is a brilliant manager for them. And I actually think he's the perfect manager for them, to be honest. Uh, he's going to do wonders for them. And I think it'll be great to see them if they can get that bit of financial back and to constantly reinvest. And they could be a mainstay in the top four for years to come. So that's my take on them. Baz, yeah. go on. No, I'd agree with what you said. They are a very interesting mm. team. Uh, the only pity is age, which comes down to uh, Jamie Vardy. He's not once he's not as much as an energizer bunny running up the front, uh, running up top. Who are they really going to have to hang their hat on? Mm. That'll be interesting to see because obviously it won't be like a Harry, like a Harry Kane type because they need someone who's uh, speedy Gonzalez around there. But um, obviously, I think we're all going to agree Man City are going to come second. Liverpool are going to win the league. Paul, I know you were out to to derail them now this week with uh, everything. But uh, can we agree on that? Liverpool first, Man City second. Yeah, I just want to go back to, to Leicester for two secs. Yeah, I think ahead. the fact the fact that they obviously won the league a few years ago, I yeah. think that would would stand to them as well. I think they've still got some players within that squad who will be able to kind of build from when it, having that title success, be able to mm. finish in the top four because they have the, that experience. Obviously, it's not winning the league, but it's something to hold on to, and I think they'll have that within the squad. But um, yeah, Liverpool first, Man City second, and I don't think you know I think that that's the only guarantee that we have within the league. Mm. In terms of spots, there's not many people left in that lesser team that have won the league, though. Huh? Uh, well, Schmeichel did, didn't he? Schmeichel, uh, Vardy. Vardy. Well, they're yeah. the t- but they're the two star players as well. Like, I know, yeah, but bar that, like, all Mor- Brighton, Mor- Morgan, still there? Yeah, where's Morgan? I think is actually like club captain still, but like, I think he's, he's on, yeah, I think Castle Schmeichel is, but like, Morgan doesn't get a game really, does he? Yeah, no, I, get what you mean. I get what you he's mean. He's yeah. around the dressing room and stuff. Yeah, he's yeah. hanging around. He's like, lads. Oh, well, in fairness, John, Johnny Evans also won the Premier League with Man United. So, like, there are there are winners there. Yeah, no, so, I get I get, I get yeah. you. Yeah, I get you. Well, and uh, Prayer won, won the league with Porto. There you go. Right here, lads. I want to get your predictions for the top five, right? So, because Liverpool and City are going to come first and second. So, who who are going to push in? Because I think what's going to be, it has to be done is Man City won't be allowed in the Champions League next year. That's the, that's the rules. You break the rules, you're out. So, so are we saying Champions League qualifiers then, are we? Yeah, yeah. So who so third, fourth, and fifth, what three teams along with Liverpool and definitely Man City should not be allowed in. That's the rules. What three teams are going to qualify for the Champions League? You can say third, fourth, and fifth, whatever order you want, because I'm going to Leicester, Man United, Chelsea. Oh. Alright. Paul's uh, there going. Everton, Sheffield United, and Brighton. So you're saying the three the three after? Um, yeah. Man City yeah so 24th uh, and 5th that will get the Champions League spots I think I, I, I don't see much change in there I think Wolves will do okay but I don't think they'll they'll climb above Man United you're going to have to hear, probably, come out with something spicy man you know? no but just looking at it a bit, I, you know it'd probably be better to give a prediction on it after uh, this week that'll probably be the best thing to do I, I know but like, like, run, for the end of the season man you have no problem saying who the lads are going to get relegated like you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just giving my my honest opinion is that oh. I don't I don't see anyone catching Leicester, Chelsea, United at this point. Uh, you know, Arsenal. I think well, stay as, I think Arsenal, Spurs, Sheffield United, and Wolves. They'll all be fighting each other for a spot to finish sixth. And I think that'll be more spicy than than the the top five. To be honest with you, I just at this point in time, I, I just can't see it. Um, I, I I think that's how it will uh, will play out. Sorry that if that's a bit boring, but that's just how I see it. No, Paul, we brought you on. We brought you on for like if that's fine. That's actually. Oh, I agree. I I think the they were coming third, fourth, and fifth right now are going to be the the teams in the Champions League spots as well. But obviously, before we wrap things up, lads, there is games to, to be this week. Um, I'm very excited actually. Uh, right. So, on the, who wants to go first with the predictions, lads? Because we're going to kick it off at Aston Villa uh, on Wednesday. Okay, Ross. Go on, Ross. I don't know if you have to give a result, really. But I mean, like a like a scoreline prediction. But ah, we'll just give the scores. It's just as easy, isn't it? Yeah, far ahead. Right, uh, Aston Villa nil, Sheffield United nil. What a way to bring back the Premier League. Okay, just... And then Man City four. Oh, like a Paul, you far ahead. Oh, <laughs> what? Yeah, Villa versus Sheffield United. Who are you backing for that? 2-1 to Sheffield United. I want to watch Paul's Sheffield United Villa game, not mine. I'm playing it on FIFA. <laughs> yep. Okay, Paul, you forehead Man City versus Arsenal. Did Ross give his... Yeah, I know. Like, we'll, we'll go around the house, will we? All right, yeah. go on, Paul. You go first there, then. 
All right. Uh, 3-1 City. Yeah, Russ. Grand. I was going to say, I, I was going to say 4-0 City. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go... Poor David Louise. I'll go 2-0 uh, City. Okay, uh, Norwich versus Southampton. Uh, I'll go one all. Ross. Oh Jesus! Uh, I'll say two one Norwich. Two one to Hampton. We should have just said draw, win or loss or whoever wins. Uh, okay, Spurs versus Manu. Paul. Um, United to win uh, two 0 Yeah, I agree. I like that two 0 score as well. I'll, just, I'll go with that as well. <laughs> Fucking. Uh, Watford versus Leicester. I'll go Leicester 2-0. Paul? Same. I'm going to say 2-all. I think Watford are going to come out of the, out of the traps fast. Okay. Brighton versus Arsenal. Ross? I'm going to say 1-all. I actually think Brighton might, uh, might benefit from the fact that Arsenal play beforehand. So I'm going to say... Uh, 2-1 to Brighton. It's actually a good show. I'll say 1-0 Arsenal. Uh, West Ham versus Wolves. I'll go 2-0 Wolves. Ross? 2-1 Wolves. I'm going to say 2-1 West Ham. Okay. Uh, Bournemouth versus Palace. Paul? Oh, this is a real... Uh, Shit, then. Uh, 2-2. <laughs> 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 Uh, Paul, you have too much faith in those guys scoring goals. I'm going to say nil at all. Yeah, there's some good attacking players on display there. Zaha and so on. Wilson, King. Okay, uh, Newcastle versus Sheffield United. Ross? I'm going to say 2-1 Sheffield United. Same. Or Steve Bruce. I'll just go. I'll go to... I'll go two, no, two, you, two. you can't choose the same now, Barry. You have to give your yeah, own. No, I said 2-2. Two, two. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, Villa versus Chelsea. I'll go Chelsea 2-1. Uh, Paul? Uh, Chelsea 3-1. Chelsea 3-0. Uh, okay, Everton versus Liverpool. Paul? I've got to say one all because it's like Goodison. I know there's no fans or anything like that, but uh, at, yeah. home, at home we, we tend to... Do, we do okay generally and it's usually 1-0 with us taking the lead are you, are you ready for this Paul are you ready 5-0 2-1 to Everton Richarlison with a brace get your money down on that I like that I just I, I, can't, I find it so hard to be optimistic about Merseyside there because you look at our record I mean we haven't beaten we haven't beaten them since Tim Cowell scored that goal in 2000 I think it was 2010 um, Seamus Coleman actually set that up when he was only breaking into the team and that's how far back that was so that's like 10 years um, we have a serious serious curse against these it would be great to break it a perfect time to break it but I just I just don't think until Ancelotti gets a real stronghold on that team and changes its mentality they have a weak mentality and I don't think that they have the, the mentality to beat Liverpool I would hope I'm wrong but I uh, and I hope it is 2-1 like you say but I just can't see it yeah, Ancelotti seems to have a team that has so many philosophies going on at once, so many different manager signings. You know what I mean? I think he almost needs like that Ollie sort of a soul share sort of his go at the full whack, you know? Like when you have a manager that good, get him the players he wants. Uh, I'm actually going to go Liverpool to win that game 2 1. And then we are coming back this time next week, but uh, Man City are taking on Burnley at 8 o'clock that night. So we'll just go for a prediction then for. This day next week um, for that game. Paul, yeah, Paul, you go ahead first. Man City versus Burnley. I I gotta go. City win three uh, 0 Okay, three 0 Yeah, I like City three one. Ross goes City three one, and I'll go two 0 City. All right, so I actually have all this, the all the predictions there. So uh, obviously, I can't wait to see how wrong we all are. Oh man, it's gonna be hilarious. But there will be the king next week, and we'll we'll know. It'll be funny the if it gets king of the picks. Yeah, well, we can do this every week. It'll be enjoyable. Uh, right, so that actually wraps everything up, lads. Um, it's, been a, it's been a good crack. Premier League is back, so we decided to do a show together. Uh, shout out to Red Kids. They actually said, uh, you lads should start doing a show together. And I was like, you know what? I was told this was, people enjoyed this, so we may as well do it again. Uh, obviously, next week, it won't be as long because we don't have to go through everything that, like, what has happened in between. But it can be, it can be like, all oh, what the sort of crack is, you know. But uh, at least people who check out the show now, 
know what to look forward to, know what's sort of going on, know our picks. And uh, that's, it's always good crack talking football. Ross, anything else to say before we wrap it up? Before Paul no, Paul, up. thanks me for coming on. Make sure to check out Paul's content over on Irish Football Fan TV. If you type that into any platform, his stuff should be the first stuff there and you should be able to find it. Especially, sure on, like. especially on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to like, share, subscribe. Oh, no, no, and as always... Oh, no, as Paul got anything else to say... <laughs> Well, I do think, uh, well, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks very much for having me on. It's just secondly, I think next week's actually show will be better because we'll have more talking points because we'll actually have the big games played and there'll be stuff more so to talk about. I know we've kind of rambled on a little bit about other things, but it's all, right now it's predictions, whereas next week we'll actually have stuff to actually talk Results. about winning games yeah. and stuff like that, which would be much more uh, to look forward to. Like, Yeah, no, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Paul, thanks man, for coming on the show. Make sure to stay energised because this time next week someone's got to be the king of the picks. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win? I was just going to say Paul for the crack. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no way of judging it. Like, I'm, I'm going to say me because you could always be confident in your own ability. Okay, right. Grand. Paul, say me. Just be saying with it. I'm going to say Barry. Good man. Right, so there we go. Ross, you're getting pooped. Uh, make sure to like, share, subscribe <laughs> and as always stay energised. <laughs>